Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Huge on Podcast. I thought about making this podcast for over a year.、Um, started back in 2018 when I left my nail marketing business that I built for over 12 years and took it to over a million dollars a year in business, and、uh, with hundreds of people actively engaging the business. I left because I found something that's very disturbing about this organization that it has been hidden from many of us who were with international backgrounds, and it get to a point where I felt I have to leave because no longer aligned with the values and my integrity and who I want to be, you know, in the future. That's why I step away. And、I knew that I have to put this information out because it's more than just me; it's impacting literally thousands of people who are involved in this company. And that's why I felt the need to put out this podcast. I'm here in discussion with my good friend Paul Nelson, who are also who are also in the marketing business for over a decade. We've been friends for 14 years, and here's、uh, our story of why we started and why we left the marketing. Best life, because my favorite quote is "My life is my message" by Gandhi. The, the the best message I can give to people is living my best life.、Mm-hmm. To live my life so boldly that I inspire others.、Mm-hmm. So like, I have a friend, really huge shout out to my friend. Her name's Kayla Malady. She's the two-time world、uh, female beatbox champion,、mm-hmm. and、uh, she just was on a a play in Broadway where she was a、um, the understudy for the beatboxer position.、Mm-hmm. And she was awesome, and I got to see her. It was really cool.、Mm-hmm. And she's so humble and down to earth, and she's accomplished so much, and yet she's so humble and all about education and giving back, and doesn't care about the fanfare. And to her, this Broadway show was nothing because she was already doing that same stuff before. But now it's it's to everybody else, it was a big deal.、Mm-hmm. And I was explaining to her, I was like it. <clears throat> it is a big deal. Maybe it's not a big deal to you, but because you know, being on Broadway to everybody else is a big deal. Right. And by accomplishing something that big, you're you're empowering them unconsciously just through your actions to say, "Wow, if she can create something like that big, I can do it too." And that's because that's how I feel. Seeing her do that, after seeing how hard she's had to grind and how amazing she is, and to see her do that, I was like, "Holy shit!、Mm-hmm. I can do whatever." Mm-hmm. Same thing with seeing with the way you've been living your life, you. Like you're just traveling the world, doing this amazing stuff. You don't need to say any words. Your life speaks for yourself. Yeah. How happy you are speaks for yourself.、Mm-hmm. People are either attracted to that or they're not. Yeah. And I was. I was like, I like this life that he was creating, and I want to learn from it. And so, that's that's it. Is like that, and that's how I'm living my life now. Is to just be、mm-hmm. so boldly living my life in a way that brings joy to myself and. And is unapologetically just going for what I love.、Mm-hmm. That's what brought me to California, brought me to Nevada, created me living a nomad life.、Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean that's why like、uh, I was dying the rush to make a podcast to talk about why I decided to leave nail marketing. I thought about making a podcast for like over a year. It's like and you know at some point you made this podcast、yeah. to talk about why I made the decision.、Yeah. But I was in the not in the rush to make it. Because like I can live my life, and that shows, you know, a lot of people about what、yeah. I'm doing, what I'm trying to create. It doesn't have to be like, oh, I need to like talk about it right away. Yeah, the ones that want to know will ask, and、right. they have. Yeah, <laughs> and I also want to be in the right also position to talk about it properly. 
you know, without having all those, uh, you know, when you first going through that, like, you know, like what like you're get, feeling right like now. Just like getting out of a relationship, you know, it's yeah. still raw. Yeah, it's very raw. And, you know, you might feel like you're dropping everything, you know, that we built up to that point. You know, for me, 12 years being in the nail marketing business, right? I feel like, oh, yeah. I dropped everything. A lot of friendships. You had a lot of recognition. The people, you the business. You were a big deal. Everyone looked up to you. You get to speak on stages in front of thousands of people. Right. Making lots of money, all these friendships, and you walked away from it. Right. You know, I was basically leaving at the peak of the business that I have achieved at that point. Yeah. You know, we have uh, the business that I've built, that we have built as a team, you know, collectively, that's we've done millions of dollars in business. Millions. We have hundreds of people in the team that, yeah. you know, attending business conferences. But I decided to drop all of that because when I realized, you know what, the good that I saw is no longer even close to the bad and some of the stuff is like borderline evil and for me it becomes you know what I have to make this decision to leave because it just becomes so clear to me I mean I didn't get that right I didn't get to that point right away it took me a couple months to get to that point to understand to really evaluate what I was doing and what this organization is really about it took me a couple months to actually get to that uh, thinking, understanding to make the decision. And that's why, you know, I took off back in 2018. That's why I left, right? 2018. Um, that summer, I took off to Europe for a couple of months to just so I can get away from the entire network marketing team and the people so I can think very clearly, you know, without being reinforced this mindset again and again in this business environment and the people. So I can think very clearly without the habit and the momentum that's coming with this. Uh, you know, repeating, doing the things that we were doing. And it becomes very clear that leaving the business team is the only right choice for me. It's only the right decision. And here's why, right? But you use the word evil, so you got to explain that a little bit more. Yeah, I have to kind of, def- I definitely need to explain that. So, I mean, the good thing that you and I both have seen in our marketing is that it does give us a platform to grow as a person to learn a lot of great skills, yeah. you know, public speaking, uh, learn to really step out of comfort zone to, yeah. you know, talk to people, building actual business. In a lot of sense, we did build a business, even though we didn't get involved in the product creation, you know, in the, yeah, you know, a lot the of research, early, sp- the patents, yeah, the- like all the stuff that coming also very critical part of entrepreneurship, but we did get involved a lot in the sales, the networking, the team building aspects. Yeah. And, you know, balancing our budget for our business. Like all the stuff that comes in that aspect. We learn all those knowledge in the business. Yeah, and leading teams as well. And, and for you, you know, you learn to literally build a business internationally, you know, from yeah. nothing in, in the Caribbean islands. And, yeah. you know, for how many people look up to you for that, right? Mm-hmm. So we've done all of those in the past, like, 12, 13 years, and you and I being now marketing business. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely no doubt the good parts. And also the people that we met, some of the people we still love dearly they're still very close to our hearts uh, some of them are still in the business some of them left mm-hmm. you know like for example Elliot is probably the number one person that for both of us has impacted us so greatly because he's the one that really got us in the business yeah. that led us when we were just young you know dumb teenagers really yeah we were and you know coach us um, how to build business how to be a hard driven person to actually re- he actually lived the model that this organization that claimed that they are which is empowering people right around the world and loving people he's actually that person 
yeah. that really attracted us into the business in the first place, anybody. right? So that's all the good things that we got from this business and from this environment. You know, and for many years we loved it. We were the living and breathing in the business. You know, even though you know it was uh, marketed as a you know we can build this part time or we can build this at the pace that we want, but for us it was never really a part time business. You know, we're fully dedicated. You know, to this team and to the business model, and that's why we have we achieved quite a lot. You know,、yeah. for the past decade that we've been in the business. Yeah. But then, so let me explain what I mean by why the good I saw it doesn't even come close. You know, eventually, when I saw very clearly what this organization is about, you know, the the bad and some other things is even borderline evil. Let me explain that. So the whole thing really. For me,、um, it started really a couple months before I left for Europe in 2018. The whole trigger, the biggest trigger for me to really think about, like you know what, I need to really consider if I need to, if I still want to stay in the business. It was because back in 2018, this person in my business team came to me.、Um, he got he got himself basically into some legal trouble that. At a point where the、uh, the immigration had to open the book and look into his case, he came to me. He said, "Hugh, you know what? Because the immigration looked into my case, and therefore they actually look into my past. And my immigration lawyer told me that because I was actually involved in our marketing as a student, as an international student with international student visa, that this actually is illegal and is going to make my case even more severe." It become even more a problem for me because of that reason, and that's the first time we actually have a legal,、uh, I mean, a lawyer, immigration lawyer, that confirm with us that it is not a gray area. It's actually straight up illegal for any international students to engage in our marketing business, and that basically shocked us both because for so many years, for like for over ten years, we're in business. We always was told that. It is a gray area. Oh no, no, don't worry. You know, international student can build our marketing business because, you know, in our、uh, visa, it only states that we cannot work a job unless it's in campus. But it didn't say that you cannot build a business. You can still invest in stock market. You can buy real estate. You know, we'll use an example to basically tell students why it's okay to build our marketing business as international student because it's a gray area、mm-hmm. for many, many, many years. And because of that, we actually brought in hundreds and hundreds of international students in the team, and we see this entire organization probably brought in thousands in the last ten years. And not even I mean for the whole organization for the forty years, I don't even know how many international students ever got involved. Thousands. Thousands, easily, right? If not ten thousands. So at that point, I realized you know what? I started realizing you know what this is not a gray area. It's black and white. But it was told to us that is gray and is not an issue. But then it is an issue because whenever the immigration start decide to look into any the、uh, our team members' case, they will find out that yes, this person has engaged in our marketing when they were in student visa and that's illegal, and they basically now have to take the risk of getting deported back to their own country. And later on, I found out that when you apply for a U.S. green card、uh, residency. You have to answer this question, which is like, have you basically made income? 
when you were students, which you are not allowed if you're not working on campus, or when you basically apply for U.S. citizenship, there is a uh, ethnic clause. Basically, they can turn down your application if you if they find you have some ethical issues, including lying in federal government forms. So this is not like a small matter. You will follow international students for the rest of their life. They stay if they decide to stay in the U.S. and become a resident or citizen. So I realized that at that point, I realized I was lied to start day one actually. Because when I joined the business, the first question I asked was like, "Hey, I'm a student on a visa. I understand I cannot work in the U.S." As a student, unless I work in campus, which I did, I worked for all four years in campus. You know, can I engage in the business? I remember asking this person who was also international background, and he's like, "Oh no, no, it's fine. It's a totally gray area." Like he said, "Hey, look, champ. Like everybody else. Like you know, look at all those people. We are all international. We are all here. You know, we all have green cards. It's not a problem." And I was so young, obviously. And don't have the money to hire a lawyer. I didn't even think about that because you know when you're young, 19 years old, we don't think about this kind of stuff. And I remember actually three or four years after I got involved in the business, because at that point we already brought in a lot of international students, and this like you know standard answer of like oh it's a gray area, don't worry, it was not good enough for me. You know I always want to like let me get to the bottom of it. I want to actually have a a real you know straight up answer. For the students that will ask this question, so I actually called the Nail Marketing Corporation. I asked them, say, "Hey, you know, we have international student that's interested in doing this business. I want to know, can they actually build nail marketing businesses with international student visa?" And the corporate customer representative gave me a straight up no answer. She said, "No, you cannot. You know, if you're on student visa, you should not be you know, engaging in the business." I was really confused. Like、uh, they just told me no, so I called up this person again, who was you know considered my mentor at that point. He's like, "Oh yeah, don't worry about it. You know, this company they have to say no because they don't want to be legally liable. You know, because it's a gray area, so therefore they can't say yes. They have to say no just to be safe. And again, I was you know dumb and naive. I believed it. I said, okay, well maybe he has a point. Yeah, maybe." It is a gray area, and this company don't want to say yes and be sued for if later on they change the law to become no, right? But right now it's a gray area. It's okay. So that's always been what we tell ourselves and tell the people that were brought in, like, oh, it's a gray area. Don't worry, it's fine. And in a lot of ways, it's easy to believe that because none of the people that we knew have ever run into the issue, right? So we believe that for many, many years, last ten, twelve years, right? Until that point, that this member in my team came to me and revealed to me that his immigration lawyer told him straight up, like, "No, you did this back when you were students, and that is going to make your case worse because that's illegal." So when you go to the court and the judge look at your case, they were like, "You know what? You did this when you were a student. You were making money, you know, illegally engaging in the network marketing business. There will be one more thing that will add to your case." I mean, he actually ended up have to leave the country for his、uh, original, you know, problem that he was created for himself. He had to leave the country for a couple of years before he can reapply to come back. So that was the, the whole trigger. At that point, I realized, you know what? This is not what I thought this organization was about. Because also at that point, we were going through this entire transition to like, oh, let's be more transparent. 
let's become this organization that's a little bit more, you know, just upfront with people about what it takes to build this company, to build this business. It's all about being, let's be more honest, more transparent. But then one realizes, like, we're talking about being transparent, but this issue still exists, and nobody has really openly addressed this. Yeah, but maybe they just didn't know, so... Yeah, I thought about it, yeah, maybe they didn't know, but, like, it logically won't make sense in my head. For 40 years that this team has been around, and for tens and thousands of them have international backgrounds, there's no way or very, very low probability that I and this person that in our team, we are the first ones to find out about this. It's a very, very small percentage of possibility that will happen. And even if that's the case, that we really somehow are the first ones to discover this, it also proves to me another point is that these people never really care to find out. If you make all those money that you claim to make, you're millionaires, you retire, you're financial free for so many years, you couldn't find one lawyer and invest like one hour to just get to the bottom of it, to know that, hey, you know what? Here's a statement from immigration lawyer that we consulted to show you that it's legal. Don't worry, you can do this. It also gets their financial interest, so they'd rather not know. It's like a, an overweight person doesn't want to go on the scale because they don't want to know how much they weigh. You know? So for me, then, yeah, exactly. For me, that was like, there's no answer they can give it to me that would make sense. So that's the point where I, that's when I realized, you know what, I need to get away from all of this to rethink my decision. Do I ever want, do I want to come back and still work with this team knowing this information that we basically have been told this lie for? Yeah many many years because to some people that might be something little but to you that's a breach of trust and and because they weren't honest with you for years you've been registering international students and lying to them basically and, and, and i've been them helping them on their behalf basically and you didn't know and i didn't know that i've been helping so them to on you, their it's behalf. a really big deal because some people might be running a network marketing business not work with any international students so they might have you know to them they're like what's the big deal Right, exactly. So for some other team people, maybe they don't really have any international student in the team. They can say, yeah, we just don't know and we don't have any people. So they can have a reason to not really care about this. But for the people that we work very closely, that's not the case. Yeah, what They saying. have a high percentage. For some of them, majority of their growth was because they have built this business team all over campuses. Remember those days when we literally built organization revolving around campuses? I mean, yeah. And many of them are international students get involved. Yeah. A high percentage, right? So that's why I need to, why I realized I need to get away from this for a couple of months just to clear my head and really reevaluate this business and this team from a very clear mindset. And it came to me after I come back, after a couple of months to just like get away and travel and just have a very clear head. After I come back, now here's when the second confirmation come in. I came back to Chicago. I don't have any reason to live in Chicago anymore. So even without all the things that happened later, I want to tell you right now, I knew that, you know what, this is probably the end for me. I'm no longer going to be okay with bringing people into this organization. I no longer feel good about that. Because, because I you, know the bad I saw, this, even this one thing, so the one scenario is already enough. Yeah. I have all the other reasons too that I thought about this entire trip that's like the, some of the business practices I don't agree at all because to some people who maybe don't understand what you're talking about that it paints a better picture that if, if somebody's willing to lie to you for this many years about something then it paints a bigger picture of a lack of integrity yeah 
basically. And they can maybe justify, like, oh, you know, Hugh, like, none of us, none of us got caught because, you know, we can, you know, say whatever we want in the form and nobody actually opened the case and looked into it. But the, the issue is that that's not your decision to make. That's yeah. my decision to make. It should be, I will give you all the facts and you decide, you know, what risk you would take and what you want to do. But that was never the case. Mm. They decided for us that it's okay yeah. as long as you're op- okay with not revealing all the facts. But that's not a decision to make. Yeah. And for a lot of people, maybe they don't want to ever lie in any scenarios. I got it. It's right? Now we're forced into the situation now that we're in a very, very bad position. Misleading people is what you're saying. Yeah. Exactly. If we do not lie about the scenario, that means we're posting us in the high risk of getting basically deported. And some people, they have to lie in the forms, right? So I came back. I knew that I'm basically going to be leaving this business no matter what. I moved to California and I reconnected with this two, uh, this couple that left the business team maybe five, six years ago that you also know this couple, you know, very lovely people. They left because they have some personal issue with some people in the business that they said, you know what, they don't want to be around these people. They left, but we always stay in good terms because I know they're good people. Mm-hmm. I was never the kind of person that like, oh, they left the business. So like, I would never talk to them again, even though that was kind of the norm in this organization. You yeah. know, when you leave the business, when somebody leave the business, everybody in the business team suddenly now they have to take a side yeah. either they side with the business team and never talk to these people again you know or if they talk to these people that left the business they'll be looking very weird like oh why would you ever talk to this person it's when like they really left the business unspoken agreement yeah that's like the very deep in the culture right yep. it's not like you know written anywhere but yeah. everybody knows that's the way how it runs because this person's branded as a quitter or whatever yeah. immediately somebody left they'll be branded as a quitter as loser they can't handle the heat or they have their personal mess, their personal life messed up so they couldn't do the business there's always a way how it's branded it was never like yeah. hey let's reflect and look at how we can change and be better so we can keep more good people in the business it was never that case but I never I was never really okay with that because I don't think that's how we should deal with people at all yeah so I was kept in good terms with these people who left that I know they're good people but they have the reason why they need to leave and I understand that I have empathy for them so I moved to California we connected right away they were like oh my god Hugh you're here let's get together have uh, lunch and let's chat mm. I met up with them and was very happy to see them they uh, they got a baby expecting a couple that was uh, at that point they were, I think uh, she was like six or seven months pregnant right so very happy to see them and as we were chatting the wife, she revealed to me another fact that solidified my decision. She told me that when she decided to leave the business and move to California to start her work, one of our business managers flew down to visit her, you know, thinking that maybe she can still convince this friend of ours to stay in the business, right? They had the chat. And then basically she told our one of our you know business mentors like, hey, you know, because she was uh, working as a accountant in California, and she already started her uh, basic green card process. And again, she found a lawyer to do the paperwork for her. And her immigration lawyer told him, like, look, you were engaged in our marketing when you were a student, and that's an issue for your green card because that's illegal, basically, straight up. Like, no, you can't do that. So she told this this story, and then she told this um, her situation you know, to this uh, business mentor of ours, like, hey, look, like, uh, I'm not sure if you know, but 
it is illegal actually for us to engage in the business. Like we actually now have to deal with this because I'm applied for green card, and my lawyer told me that no, it's actually illegal. You're gonna have to basically figure out a way to deal with this now. And that was actually five to six years ago, almost seven years ago, I think. And then this mentor of ours flew back, and she didn't say anything to any of us, even though she knew. But she basically deemed this as, oh, this is not important, or this is not worthwhile sharing, or this shouldn't be shared with the rest of the national business team members. Mm -hmm. And she basically hid it from all of us. I only find out because I happened to meet up with them, and she told me, like, hey, Hugh, do you know, like, I told this person years ago that it was illegal? And I was like, I did not know. I just found out, like, a couple months ago. Mm. This is the second confirmation. And then there's a third confirmation. So after that, like I knew like this is out of control. It's like at that point, I knew at some point I have to make a podcast to review this information because I knew if I don't speak up, very likelihood there'll be another hundreds or potentially thousands of national students will get involved in their marketing never knowing that they're putting themselves in a very, very risky situation. I have to do this. Mm-hmm. Not for me, even though I think it would be healthy for me to talk about this, to have a closure of why I left something that I built 12 years putting the heart and sweat for this. Yeah. I mean, definitely it would be good for me to have a closure for this, but now it becomes my responsibility to get the information out. Yeah. I still have to do this. And this is the second time with review. So after that, I really decided, you know what, I'm, I'm gone. I'm no way, there's no way that I'm going to stay in this organization and continue to you know, be promoting this organization and this culture. So I call, you know, our business mentor and say, hey, look, I'm, I'm leaving. And here's the reason. Because I found out on two separate cases from uh, immigration lawyers that very straight up that, no, it is illegal. It has always been illegal for international students to engage in our marketing. And you need to know that because it affects all of us. Part of me was hoping that now I told him, maybe he would actually actually give information to the rest of the team. Partially hoping that maybe he would do the right thing. You know, maybe he would. Then maybe I don't need to make the podcast. I was hoping that was the case. And I left. I didn't really talk to a whole lot of people. I talked to you when you came down to visit. I talked to a couple of people in our business team that, you know, worked very closely to me and said, hey, I'm leaving. If you want to know, I'll be happy to tell you why. But if you don't want to, I'm not going to be forcing my, you know, my stuff onto you. Because, again, that was always a norm. As soon as you decide to leave, people like becomes like, oh, they don't want to get around the negativity, quote-unquote, right, Yeah. that you have. So basically for about a year, I didn't really talk to that many people, maybe only a few people that, like, they are my real friends. They actually care, like, hey, Hugh, you know, hey, how's it going? What's going on with your life? They used to talk to us, right? Yeah. And then, so here's when I realized that our business mentor did not reveal this information to anybody because just about, I think about two or three months ago, three or four months ago, I got a call from this guy that I've been talking a while that's in the business team, right? And he called me out of nowhere. He's like, hey, Hugh, uh, can you talk? He messaged me. He said, hey, Hugh, can you chat? Actually, this is uh, kind of urgent. I was like, yeah, sure. You know, I'm, I'm always going to talk to anybody, right? He said, yeah, sure. He basically called me. He said, Hugh, you know what? Uh, we're, go through our, we're going through our green card process and our immigration lawyer denied to work with us 
because he realized that we had been building a uh, network marketing business when we were in our student visa. He just basically turned us down, that he wouldn't work with us. And he's like, you, uh, what do I do? And that's when I realized, you know what? Still, this, this guy that called me was one of like, the biggest leader in our business team. And he still didn't know, and our mentor did not tell him. I actually tried to tell him like a year ago. I actually gave him a call. I said, hey, man, you know, I mean, I, at that point, I already told him that I'm leaving. But I still want to give him a call because I saw him as a friend. I said, hey, you know, just want to give you a call, see how you're doing. I think at that point, he was like uh, uh, in some kind of event, like at a, like a dinner or something like that. I said, hey, man, good to hear, but, you know, I'm at this event right now. Maybe we can try another time. I said, yeah, sure, man, let's try another time. But then uh, we never connected again for like a year. You know, and I don't want to push it. It's like, hey, you know, maybe he just doesn't really want to talk about this, right? And it's okay with me. It's not a big deal. But then I always want to tell him about this information because it impacts them and a lot of people in their business. So he called me three months late. I mean, three months ago, telling me that like now they have to deal with this because they just realized that you know this can of worms being open for them now. And again, nobody knew. So he again reconfirms my understanding of this organization that we've been part of is not what it claims to be about helping people about empowering people which was what drawn you and I into the business in the first place because we want to use this as a vehicle sure we'll make money sure we'll become successful but our motivation has always been to help people we do see there's a way to help people to make some money on the side you know it doesn't have to be like rich but I think you know we believe that making two three dollars a money two three thousand dollars a month on the side can help a lot of people yeah. release a lot of stress right that has always been our goal but then at that point I realized that this team and this culture is in its core it's not about really helping people it's about whatever creates the most amount of money that's actually the core of the business and everything started making sense the kind of things that from the business perspective that was being done it always did not make sense to me, but it has been done that way. You know, in business practice, for example, right? It has a very strong, you know, culture of uh, promoting fake until you make it mentality, right? It's always been taught like, oh, you know, you know, fake it till you make it. Like, you know, you put on this image about, you know, you are learning how to become an entrepreneur. You're like on your way to become financial free. How successful you are, you're promoting your mentor, this, this figure that, this figure, this person that have everything figured out, that they're going to lead so many people, become successful and create this amazing lifestyle. You know, this is, it's become so fake that, you know, everybody is doing that, but it's not even true for a lot of cases. Like how many times have the income been presented or like basically portrayed in a way like all these people that will come up to share and they've been basically you know, promoted this leader, they're making all the income, but in fact that we know they don't even barely make close that kind of income. Yeah. Like this mentor of us that retired and then, you know, quit her job and made this audio basically portraying herself as this business leader they make, you know basically she's like letting people believe that she's making all this money, six figures at least, residual income from the business and she's able to walk away. But in reality, for us who watch very closely, we knew that she was able to walk away because her spouse makes a great engineering income. And her residual that she built from the business was maybe about like 40, 50K. Top. I don't think her income was more than 70K 
coming from network marketing business if we don't count the income that's coming from selling that training system, right? Yeah. And it was never really disclosed openly how much income was actually generated from training systems, from selling the tools, conference tickets, audios, uh, this app. This is like one of the biggest like ridiculous thing that I've ever seen being done in business. In 2018, they rolled out this app. It's basically a, you know, a ripoff of uh, WhatsApp, basically, that allow people to send messages, voice notes, videos that cost a couple hundred bucks a year subscription. I remember that just blew my mind. We have a free version called WhatsApp and many, many other ones you use for free. That's encrypted, great products. But somehow the organization decided, you know, we need every single person that quote-unquote serious in business need to subscribe to this uh, messaging app that costs a couple hundred bucks a year. Yep. And when I questioned this to our business manager, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, we make money from it. Let's promote it. That was literally the, like, the reason behind it, like why people should get on it because we make money. It becomes so clear to me that like greed was running very high priority in this organization, but not really looking out for the people. It becomes very ironic because yeah. we're talking about like, oh, you know, all this mentor, their goal is to train you how to manage your finance better, how to make more money. But then once you get involved, the first thing they promote to you, like, yeah, you need to buy into this training program that costs you a couple hundred bucks to just get a website and then get an app that allows you to send messages. And that costs a couple hundred bucks a year. Yeah. It adds up between all the events and the conferences and traveling and all the educational materials. Yeah. Thousands and thousands of dollars a year. So it becomes so clear to me that, no, this is actually not the true nature of the, the values they actually promote. They value money a lot more than actually <coughs> doing what's good for the people in the business. And for me, once I realize that, once I see clearly what this is about, it becomes very simple decision to make because there's no amount of money I can make in the business, even though I make great money at that point. If I continue to build a business, I'll make serious money that, yeah, I can basically not have a job ever. But the thing is that there's no amount of money can justify me doing this to people. I just I just can't do it. And that's why I told the business mentor when I left, I was like, you know what, I do not feel good about bringing people into this business anymore because the things I'm seeing because it does not align with the value that I have. And what was I would not response? be able to do that. And he's, he just said, like, oh, yeah, he's like, he, well, he complimented me. He's like, yeah, you know, yeah, I'm glad that you have, like, you know, you're sticking to your moral, to your, like, value. But he's like, oh, you know, I see more good than bad. That's his point of view, and I disagree with that. I do not see more good than bad in this, in the last couple of years, or I see what come down and how much of just like the fakeness being presented and how much they just over they just want to prioritize making money than actually caring for the people in the business when people left the business team how they were dealt with I was not okay with that you know it took me a long time to understand when Elliot was left when it was kicked out of the business who mentored us and done so much in leading the people how he was handled it, it just does not make sense to me because there's no other organization if you think about any for so many years, we talk about how corporate America is this like shitty place, right? Yeah. Where they like you know they put you in in the system and then they like you know they don't care about they you. don't care about you and they push you out when there's no more value and they don't care about people and why we're different, right? For how long that's like the one of our talking points that we're so different. We care about people. Yeah. 
But when it actually comes to people leaving the business team, if it's not like, hey, you know, I know that you're leaving, but you know, to let you know that we still care and love you, and we're here to support you. If you need to talk, let us know. Come visit us. Hey, let's chat. You know, how can we do better? You know, there's none of those. If it's like, oh, if you're leaving, great. We will never talk to you again, and that's it. And don't pass negativity to the business, and just quietly go away. Yeah, that was basically the norm, and I'm actually regretting that I bought into that and done that to a couple of people. I think myself, without even realizing that was like, I really have that kind of like affecting me how I deal with people. Yeah, and if it can be d- done to somebody like Elliot, who's such a lover and a giver and a server of people, to just be to feel like really he was kicked when he was down, he was struggling, he was down, he was falling apart. And they didn't do anything about it until he broke a rule. And then they just kicked him out and said, don't talk to him. And, you know, a few years later, he took his own life. And it was very hard to see that play out. That's why I think we need to make the podcast. That's why I want to make a podcast, because I think it's important that people need to know some of the information that now that I came to realize and I think people need to make their own decisions. I think for a lot of people, maybe they don't have international student in business. They can run the business the way that's very clean and honest, and it's great. I think there's still a lot of value for people to build business like this to create actual income and you know to do what they got to do. But for people who are seeing some funny stuff or start recognizing some you know issue with integrity or people misleading or just not being genuine, yeah. or they are basically telling the national student that it's okay to build a business they need to know this information because I'm not okay with just walk away and not at least review that information to people yeah to stand up and question hey that's not okay or why are things being done this way or I'm not okay with things being done this way and not treating their business mentors as if they're revered their word is you know gold you're not afraid to put this information out there and to speak about speak out about this no I well the thing is that I don't want to basically it's not targeting any specific person I want to that's why I don't really mention any names there because I don't think in a way I don't think it's a, that's why also I chose to leave but not instead of trying to like actually you know really sit on to like to have all this conversation with every single person because I think very deep down, a lot of people in the business team, it's not like they're consciously choosing to do this stuff to try to like mislead or try to, you know, um, lie to people in a sense. I think it's actually you getting involved in the system and it's slowly shifting, shifting you to become like this because faking it is kind of the norm in organization. You kind of expect it to do that. Because remember, in our business, when you hit a certain level in the business, you're parade as the person at that level forever, basically. Yeah. Right? If it's never being like genuinely like, hey, you know what? This year, you qualify, for example, ammo level. We are glad for you. We clap for you. And next year, you're back down to, let's say, three levels down to platinum. And now you only make, let's say, 30 k in the business. And we'll also basically now talk about you as a person that as a platinum level doesn't it was never like that. that no it was like you qualify emerald ones doesn't matter how you get there or how far your business fall behind how many the next year 
you always be parade as Emerald Forever, and you always be put on the pedestal and the leadership position to be basically promoted as a person. So I think in a, in a way, the system kind of created this culture where it's pushing you to become like that. Mm. It's pushing you to be like, oh, you know, you now have to kind of fake it up because everybody talk about you as if you are still at that business level and you're supposed to lead and now you're supposed to share and talk about you and your lifestyle and your achievement as if you're still there mm-hmm. even though you are not very far from it so in a way I want to put this information on because it's not about like actually you know this one person did this or this person did that it's not like that it's more of like culturally it's actually very deep in its mm-hmm. core mm-hmm. whereas I think a lot of people we just talk about I think they are also in a way they are put, they are also putting in that position yeah. to basically to be forced to like actually become part of it of this like this gigantic system that's you know consistently doing the stuff that we just talked about and then eventually they're so far in where they leave their job and they just they're stuck they see things that they don't agree with that aren't okay but they're stuck because if they do anything about it they're going to go back to having a job yeah that could be a reason and it's just very hard to turn this ship around when because the thing about it how do you you know um, how do you deal with a situation where it's been decades being this way being yeah. broken for decades and you got involved without even knowing that like this has actually been this way mm-hmm. for, like for example the whole international student situation there's no good answer to this there's no solution to this actually like what can you actually do you cannot fix this it's not something that you can actually fix yeah. it's being done the damage has been done. The harm's really there. All of us that basically have this now hanging above our head, there's nothing they can actually do to fix it. But all I can see that I can do is simply put the truth out. That's all I can really do. I can't really fix it for anybody. But at least one one I know I can do or I have to do is at least these people need to know what's real and what's the facts. And they can choose what they want to do next. But I guess for people who want to continue to grow and be prosperous and continue to have all the respect and have all the credibility in the business, I guess it's very hard for them to choose now to tell the truth, is it? If they choose to tell, if they choose to tell the truth, that means that now they're destroying their own credibility. And their own income. Sure. Any other reasons you left? I just, at the end of it, I just found that the entire thing to be just very morally and intellectually repulsive I mean the moral aspect we talk about you know I just don't feel good about misleading people if I know what's real and what's a fact or like trying to put out this like fake image of how successful I am and how awesome I am how I got my whole life figured out and let me coach you because that's not true nobody have their life figured out this whole thing about like oh now this image they put together like oh I'm this uber successful independent business coach and mentor that's like financially free I got my whole life figured out now let me mentor you I think this whole thing is not accurate because I think the more now I realize about life is nobody had the life figured out in their 20s and 30s are you kidding me everybody had their own problems to, to deal with Nobody's in a position to be like, oh, let me coach you in all aspects. 
especially when they have so much of the self-interest in getting people to buy into the training program, which is cost, what, a couple hundred bucks a month? And that's how to make money, right? Yeah. I mean, at least a big part of it is how to make money is by selling a training program. And I don't see a ton of value, to be honest. Just like I don't see a ton of value in the training program. The books that we read that's promoted, yes, there's some good books. But after a while, some of the books just like, literally I would not read. It's just like, it's just bad written books. It's same, repeating itself, right? Same information over and over again. <laughs> yeah, it's like some, maybe some sales guy that make 100 grand, now he wrote a book, right? You know, and we would sell it because, yeah, it, it makes money, right? We don't really care about like the quality of the book. Like I would not waste my time to read some of the books nowadays, right? Yeah. So just some of the things I see, just like, yeah, it's morally, intellectually repulsive. You know, it's like this fake image you're trying to put on. No, I'm not okay with that. I cannot see myself continue doing this. And how and act like this is the only option out there to live amazing life. I don't even agree with that. You know, because for you know the the culture, the business, like you know, it's like promoting the narrow marketing business and the training system is like this is like the best thing you can do. You can get you know since a slice of bread. This is like the best <laughs> thing you can get, right? This is just not true. Like you and I know that. Like the amazing thing about the world that we live in today about what the things that we have access to now and the things we can do with technology and with with what's capable what we're capable now with all the stuff that's happening like podcasts YouTube all the things people have a ton of options to be genuine to be exploring what they are good at and what they love and become very successful doing that they don't have to make a million dollars to be happy they don't have to make a hundred grand to be happy they can just do what they like and they enjoy and create, you know, a life that they want without being involved in a marketing business. Yeah. This is definitely not the only option. And happiness is so much more than money. Yeah. So I don't really like the way how this is being done now. And just a lot of things being taught in our marketing. It just, no, I, I, didn't, I do not agree at all. So what has life been like on the other side since walking away? And <laughs> It's been quite amazing. Um I mean, as you already know, I spent uh, almost three months traveling in 2018. I hit about 10 countries in Europe and in Japan and then Asia, China. I was all over the world because that's what I love to do is I want to travel. I want to be around people and experience what life is like living in all different places. You know, I was in, I spent a lot of time with my family, which is fantastic. I spent so much time with my family in Europe. In Netherlands, spend more time than I ever did with my grandparents. Um, and then last year, I mean, I, I mean, ever after this, since I went to Europe, I came back and I've been traveling nonstop. I was in uh, Cambodia last year, and uh, was in Japan like two or three times. I've been to like France now. I've been to France like seven times. I've been to Paris like seven or eight times now, and it's been amazing. And realize, see, what, here's what I realize. You don't have to be a freaking multimillionaire to do all this stuff. You don't. If you actually really know, like, how much actually it costs, it's not that much. You can have a normal job income and do all this stuff. But you just have to be willing to step outside your comfort zone and actually go pursue the things that you dream about. And you realize, no, like, there's, like, literally the, the universe will work its way to help you to achieve your goals if you just put your heart into it like when I was traveling Europe like honestly I mean the way how I travel now is that 
I only plan about a week ahead. That means I go to a place. I go to, I go to Paris for the World Cup finals, 2018, which was freaking amazing. So the best place to watch the World Cup was in Paris, when they were in the finals. I was in Paris for a week, and then when I was in Paris, I plan on my next week, which was basically taking a, a share ride down to southern France, to Avignon and to Marseille. And on the way there, I was、uh, on the ride with this guy who、uh, basically did this.、Uh, it's like an app called Blah Blah Car. They basically allow you to car share for long distance, right? On the way down there, he was the one that basically、uh, drive me from Paris to Lyon, which is like the food capital of France. And we just have a really great conversation for like four or five hours straight. He's like, he's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, Hugh, I really enjoy talking to you. Like, where do you go next after、uh, you know I drop you off in Lyon? I was like, yeah, I was going to Annecy, which is the Switzerland border. And then go to、um, basically uh, uh, Switzerland, to Geneva, check out Switzerland, and then go check out the French Alps, and spend a week there. And now go to、uh, southern France, to Avignon and Marseille. He's like, oh, I live in Avignon, well, not far from it. He's like,、well, where do you stay? He's like,、oh, I'm staying like this Airbnb I just booked. He's like, oh no, 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 cancel that. Come stay with me. So I actually went down there. He <laughs> picked me up. At this、uh, wine shop, I actually bought a bunch of wine for him, as a gift, of course. And him and his wife and his kids、uh, took me all around southern France for like a week and a half. I stayed his guest home in this rural area by all the vineyards in southern France, which is freaking beautiful. And he basically took me out every single day, drive me around southern France, show me around, and cook for me、wow. for the entire week. Wow, for free. I mean, yeah, I gave him like I bought him like two full cases of wine <laughs> to thank him. But now he doesn't want any conversation because he just enjoy. We just like chat and we just drink wine every day,、awesome. lunch and dinner, <laughs> and we just chat at night like we're chatting right now. Just like sit outside. He had this like really nicely decorated like、uh, backyard. We just like chat about life.、Mm. He want to hear about my perspective as somebody that living, spent half my life in China, half of my life in America. He said he want to know my perspective about, you know, life and some stuff what I think about. And we just have a conversation every single night, drinking and have a lot of fun.、Mm. And there's only one week out of the three months I did. You just meet people. Like I didn't plan any of this stuff. I just kept an open mind. I just I just know that I love traveling, learning new culture, learning people's life, and things like that just happen.、Uh, another example on my after I finished with、uh, Southern friends, I was going from.、Uh, um, Nice to my trip, starting my trip to Italy to Milan. Right, again, I was in this car share ride with this、uh, French couple, and then there's another guy in the back seat with me. This guy uh, uh, grew up in、uh, Milan, I think. He was working in,、uh, he was working or traveling in France. So we ended up in the same car ride from、uh, Nice to Milan for like a couple hours, and we just hit it off. We just have a great chat. He told me about his story about how his dad grew up in like in the、uh, on the beach of、uh, Italy. Which I mean, the whole country is like、uh, you know sea、uh, coast, right? And we just hit it off. He's like, "Hugh, like, where are you going after Milan?" He's like, "Oh, I'm planning to go spend、uh, a couple of days in Milan and go down to Rome, and then go down to uh, uh, Naples and go to、uh, see Pompeii." He says, "No, no, no, don't go to Rome right now." He's like, "Nobody's in Rome." I was like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "This is late August. All the Italians in Rome, all the Romans are gone. They are all on vacation. Apparently, Italians they all took off their vacations in August." When everybody else like pouring to Italy to travel, they're also traveling. So literally, no restaurants open.、Mm. Everything is closed. 
every restaurant I want to go to in Rome is closed. Every one of them is closed. He said, no, no, don't go to Rome at the time. So you know what? Me and my friend, uh, his name's Oliver. He's like, me and my friend, uh, Diego, we're going down to southern Italy. We're going to take a car ride down the coast to the bottom uh, of Italy, and we're going to go attend a music festival. He said, you know, Hugh, you should come with us. I was like, heck yeah. I'll cancel my Airbnb. I'll go with you. So I spent a week in Milan, and then uh, I took a train down to, uh, uh, it was uh, Salerno, which is like the starting point of uh, southern Italy of Amalfi Coast. We meet out there, we grab dinner, met his friend Diego and three of us. We pack everything in his Jeep, and we drove down the coast all the way down to this little tiny town in the bottom uh, of Italy's fish village. We just stop by every small fish village and eat genuine Italian food. This restaurant doesn't even have a menu. We would sit down and he would speak some Italian, order a bunch of fish, and we just eat it. And Italian food is so freaking amazing. I love Italian food. It's like the yeah. best. It's like the best. And uh, we just spent a week together driving down in the coastline of Italy. Uh, cam- we camped out by the beach where the music festival is. We camped literally about one minute walk to the beach in the woods. And we'll basically go hang on the beach every single day for like three, four days in a row. And at night, we'll go to the music concerts. And that was a blast. And none of this was planned. And I met so many people on those trips. And I went to Japan after Europe and see my family. And I came back and went to Hawaii twice last year. None of this costs a lot of money. It doesn't. Yeah, I mean, it costs some money. But it's not like you have to be like a freaking like millionaire or anything to do that you just have to because like I don't really need to stay in a five star hotel that's not my purpose Yeah, I don't, I don't need to eat a five course meal that's not my purpose yeah. I just stay in like an average Airbnb you know nice place because partially for me it's like I want to actually experience like real living in the cities what's better than living in somebody's home that actually live there Yeah, you know let, let me experience culture right it doesn't cost a ton of money like I can actually do that without any business income I can just do that with my job income right yeah and the, see the thing is that like my life perspective now is that go do what makes you happy deep down that you want to do and it's not like yeah the late gratification has a lot of value I agree with that for sure 100% but there is a balance there and yeah you should delay some stuff like there's a good you know, principle in general, right? But it's not like delay your dream forever until like you get to X, Y, and Z. Then you go, you know, start living your dream life. It's no, it's like certain things you can do without have to be like, you know, like starve yourself. You know, like not like a physical, but mentally starve yourself, and then go to achieve something. No, you can actually go live the way that you want. It just takes some courage to do something like this, and just take some, you know, getting out of your comfort zone. You know, yeah, maybe maybe not comfortable for a lot of people. But for me, it was like, that was like, so, I mean, it doesn't really take much for me because I know exactly what I want to do already. It was just so simple for me because I just, see, when you're doing things that you really love, it's not much work at all. It doesn't seem hard at all. No. It might seem hard for a lot of people, but for me, it's like, it doesn't seem yeah. hard at all. It just comes so yeah. natural to me because I'm doing that. Even your job, you like your job. Yeah, like, you can do something that you really like as a job. It's totally possible, right? This whole philosophy of like oh you know job sucks you know quit your job and be financially free that's always been the norm right this kind of a philosophy that's pushing in our marketing business because that's what they want you to do is build your business right but that's also not true in my view 
you can have a really good relationship with people that you work with in your job and a good relationship with your work. Mm-hmm. And you should do it well, too. Mm-hmm. I remember this, uh, this is actually another thing is that there is a, I just remember this being taught by so many people that they would basically, like, they would laugh about, like, how they slack off in their work and, like, how little they do for the work, how they leave early and basically got paid and they all, they build their business at work and they, like, they pride themselves of doing that. And it was, like, something that they laugh and talk about, like, oh, yeah, like, you know, I was building my business and my work and how little I put into my work. It always feel very weird to me because, like, if somebody pay me to be there and do their work, I'll make sure I do it well. How I do one thing is how I do everything. Yeah. So there's many things that I just don't... Now I think about very clearly. I totally do not agree with what they teach. And I realize that the reason why I teach all the stuff because it benefits business. You know, it makes you to, like, focus and just build your business. Don't balance out your life. Don't worry about, like, you know, your life's not in balance or you're not, like, accelerating in your school. You're not doing super well in your job or you're not like taking care of all your relationship with your relatives and family. Don't worry about that. Just focus on your business and you solve everything down the road. So, this mentality I think is very dangerous actually. Remember that one. You gotta understand for see, here's the thing. For many, many people in the network mar- network marketing business, for many, many people, they will never retire. They'll never have financial freedom just because the business income is numbers. Maybe about I don't know. I don't even know percentage. Maybe like 5, maybe 10%. If we were very generous, people, maybe they worked this business for like 10, 20 years. Maybe they'll get to a point they can actually become financially independent to the business. Just look at the people that we ever know, right? How many people now does actually, you know, retire now, quit a job because of business income that we know? How many? We've been there for like, what, 12 years, 13 years now? How many people that you know? What, two couple? Three people? Yeah, a handful. Three human beings, right? Four maybe? Five? That's out of what thousands and thousands we see now. So, like, this cannot be a generic advice for everyone. They're like, oh, delay everything. Don't worry about life not being balanced. Don't worry about all this stuff. Just build your business. That cannot be the generic advice for everyone. Don't worry about being happy. You'll be happy when you get free. Right? I yeah. realize now, if I'm not happy. If you're now, not happy right now, you never figure out how to be happy. And I'll never be happy when I make a money or hit a certain level in business. And I feel like that's a mentality that's taught is go hit that level in business, go make that income, you'll, and then you can be happy, and then you'll be happy. And so I gave up all, like, just like you're talking about, I gave up the things that I was, I made me happy, and so I was really unhappy. And thinking, oh, I have to hit that level in yeah. order to be happy. And the things that the people that were supposed to coach you, they never really actually come close to call you out and say, hey, Paul, you need to fix this other areas of your life and be happy. Instead of, instead of like just like doing the motions and building your business. Yeah. Nobody really tell you that. Yeah. Because they never really got that close to kinda of actually help you analyze or give you that advice. Because like the nature is like you can you cannot mentor that many people physically. It's just not possible. Yeah. You cannot get to know every single person that well to give that good offer advice. You're just not really building to you know, this business model. So it's not really correct to say that, yeah, we're going to mentor all these people. We're going to give them all this advice. It's just not there. You have to figure out yourself how to be happy now. Not like when I'm rich or when I'm financially free. No, you need to be happy now. You need yeah. to figure out how to find your happiness inside, right. not for like the outwards, but from other people. It's a self-discovery process. That's why like both you and me, a lot of people that I know got into meditation and yoga 
because those exercises, I mean, actually, I started meditating uh, when I was in Europe, when I was traveling. My first time meditating was when I was traveling in Europe. A friend of mine reached out to me. Somehow he sensed that I was like struggling in a way, mentally. He reached out and said, Hugh, you know what? I felt like you are going through some stuff. And then we chatted, and he basically recommended, you know what, Hugh, you should really pick up meditation. And I did. And he helped me realize a lot of answers that we seek is not coming from like mentors or coming from people who seem authoritative, telling you what is success or what is happiness or how you should live your how you should live your life, or what to be excited about, or what to be outrageous about, is not about seeking those answers from the outside. It's actually looking inwards and understanding yourself of everything about yourself, your desires, your happiness. What makes you happy? What makes you excited? What makes you feel passionate? What makes you feel sad? It's like going inside and discover all those things. It's not from somebody else telling you those. You know, for us, a lot of times what I see is that people looking for those answers in our network marketing business, they look for those answers from an authoritative figure. They're afraid or they don't want to think for themselves. They want to feel like they're being protected. And you know, Because in a way, it is easier to choose that route, to have somebody else give you answers, to feed you those answers, to, to give you, you know, the answer to what to be, what is happiness or what is success, you know, what is like, considered to be accomplished? You know, what is considered a good lifestyle? I don't think there's, a, there's no answer to those questions because every single person have a different answer for themselves. Mm. You know, this is why I'm very, very now cautious when somebody seem authoritative trying to tell people, you know, how to live or how to define success or what is good or what people should pursue and what they should be outrageous about. I'm very cautious now to people who are saying those stuff because nobody should be defining this for other people. People are defining for themselves. And that's the issue of, you know, I see in the network marketing where they have this stage, they promoted all the people who are on the stage to be the mentors and leaders. And they're trying to push out this narrative like, oh, here's what success looks like. And here's what success should be. And here's what you should do to achieve success. But no, your definition of success is not going to apply to every single person. What we really should be teaching people and encouraging people is critical thinking. It's reflective. It's going inside and ask yourself tough questions. To really go deep and ask yourself those really tough questions. Like, why am I unhappy? Why am I eating unhealthy? When I'm, when I, why am I express, like, experiencing so much stress? You know, why, why am I, like, just not feeling motivated to go to work? You know, why am I not motivated to build my business? You know, all those questions, like, should be encouraged to look inwards and find answers to yourself. Yeah. A lot of those have to do with how we grew up with our baggages or our environments, what we learn, right? There's no easy way to actually address those things, but go through a tough, rough process of, like, self-reflection. Looking for the answer from an authoritative figure is actually an easy way out and it's very dangerous because that means you never really get an answer for yourself. Yep. So knowing what you know now, is it hard looking back and seeing, like thinking, wow, this is how I used to think? Oh, yeah. I mean, we th- I thought I was an idiot you know, a couple of years ago, right? And that's like how we always, that's how humans are, though. Like when we look back, you know, not even like that long, like just a couple of years ago, we look at like ourselves, like, you know, 
a year ago, two years ago, like, oh, my God, the, the dumb things that we did, right? right? It happens every stage. I'm sure, like, a couple of years ago, I mean, a couple of years from now, I will look back today. It's like, oh, wow, like, you know, that's a problem. Oh, that is yeah, not correct. Course, I think. <laughs> you know, I'm, we're always going to be correcting ourselves and, you know, look for ways to improve yeah. and be better. But in this instance, it was a huge shift. Absolutely. For, I mean, in this scenario, that's like one big pivot in life. And I'm very glad that I made that decision because for me, it's definitely helped me correct and start understanding what is true and what is real and what is actually good for me personally. You know, we're not doing this to like actually tell people what to do. We're talking about like our story, yeah. our path, and what help us to be in a position right now or in a path where we find happiness or we feel really, really good and we are actually feeling really prosperous. That we actually like, you know, I actually like, there's not much regrets now. I'm thinking about like actually the way how I live, there's not much regrets I can have now. Yeah. It's a tough shift what you made though. I mean, you gave up. Like yeah, I said, 12 years of a... I mean, 12 years, this is all you're going to do. You sure burned some bridges. You... You know, you did a lot of things and worked very, you put so much blood, sweat and tears, gave up sleep, you know, invested so much time and money and, you know, built your dreams around this is what I'm going to accomplish and then let it all go. Yeah, I think the the toughest part of leaving the business team was the people, I think. That's probably the toughest part. I think like money is like whatever, it's not a big deal. Business, that's fine. You know, I have a lot of time to create income. And again, Income is not that important anymore. If you understand how to live happily, money becomes such a low, yeah. low important thing because you and I can be very happy sitting right now in Nevada, nowhere. Yeah. It doesn't cost much money, right? We can be very happy. I heard recently wealth is much more than just money. Like that's Absolutely. just one aspect of wealth. Yeah. I think the tough part for me to drop, to give everything that we built, I built for 12 years, was the relationships, right? Because I have a lot of great friends, people that you know, that we care about, that I care about. Leaving the business, I know that because that w- leaving the business team means that I'm actually going to be saying basically, you know, bye to a lot of these people. Because again, you know, I understand the culture of how they're going to act when I decide to leave. A lot of them will decide to like, oh, yeah, that means, you know, we'll, we won't be talking to Hugh again. Even though that like, they might be also confused, like, oh, you know, why should I not talk to Hugh, right? Something probably confused, but they will probably still do that because just like how we did it a couple of times, you know, when people leave our business team, we feel like, oh, like, okay, I guess I can't talk to this person. That was the toughest part because the relationships. But it also it has to be done because I understand, you know, what is true is true. You know, my, again, my values is not going to be jeopardized. You know, be put on a price tag, no matter how much I gain from the business. There's no way that I can yeah. continue to promote, knowing that a lot is just not real and basically misleading people. Well, it's like when you said that your business mentor said, you know, that he still sees more good than bad. It's it's almost as based on what you just said. It's almost as if he's saying it's not that he sees less bad than you. It's that. He's, he sees that making money and keeping his lifestyle is more is worth it more than all the bad. Does that make sense? Well, maybe they just think that, like, again, the case of being great, they, maybe they still see that as great. Like, oh, nobody that we knew personally actually got kicked out of the country, deported because the right. uh, situation with the visa and being a business, 
they might still consider as a gray area, but I don't see it as a gray area. Right and wrong is pretty clear. Whether it's yeah, for me, know if something's right and feel if I feel good about it, do I feel good about this? No, I don't. Yeah. Not getting caught is not a reason to do something. No, there are always going to be people that they would choose to not. They would not lie about it. If they want to come to a point, they actually have to apply for the green card or citizenship. They're like, no, I, I cannot lie about this. And they choose to do that. That means their entire application, their status in the U.S. will be jeopardized. Yeah. And that's going to happen at some point. And I'm not going to be around to enabling that to be happening. So it has to be done. Even though it means I have to give up everything that built to that point and to give up a lot of relationships that I built, even that means that I am willing to swallow the results. I mean, the consequence. So did you leave and go down how you thought it would go? Um, Kind of, yeah. Kind of how I expected it would go because we know how the, the culture and system works, right? So I kind of know, and I also know that there will be people like yourself that, you know, don't see people as just like commodities commodities or numbers or like a, a mean to an end that we see relationships like genuine relationships we actually value very genuine relationships so you and a couple other people I knew it's not me leaving or not would not be hurting our relationship because I knew there were people who are like me they're like you know good relationships not going to be depends on like what we choose to do with our business or our lives right before you left the business team what was like what was the picture of how it was painted like if you were to leave like it like you would be have to get a job and life is going to suck like what was like what did you think no see like that's why i took three months to travel to think to just get away and think to understand you know what i'm going to do after i leave the business team and what i realized is like no it's it's not gonna yeah it's not gonna be easy especially initially because you now suddenly pull away from all the relationship I moved to California I don't know anybody there maybe like a few people I have to rebuild my network and I need to meet some people from the scratch right rebuild my life from the scratch but for me that's just like a small challenge a situation I have to deal with but certainly is not enough to for me to like just to stay just because I'm afraid to do that you know, I knew I'm, I knew I had to rebuild my life again, which is not a big deal. Like, see, like I came to the states when I was sixteen. I had to learn. I already had learned how to live on my own in a foreign country by myself since I was sixteen years old. So for me, actually think about rebuilding this actually was not that big a deal. Like, oh, like me moving to California was like one week. <laughs> I came back to Chicago within a week. I left and moved to California. And soon after that, I got a, you know, started working again. And uh, we started traveling like crazy twice in Hawaii, Japan a couple of times. Uh, went back to Paris a few times. You know, so it was like, no, actually everything just works out. And like, again, like I was never afraid to work things out because understanding if I just approach everything with the right, with a good attitude. And I know I have a str- very strong work ethic. I knew that by myself. That's, a, that's very clear to me. Like, I'm willing to work very hard. So it was never an issue to rebuild everything from growing up. It was like mm-hmm. never a problem because it just means, you know, it's going to figure things out. Maybe not everybody's as strong as you. They think they're in it and they think, you know what, I don't know if I can do this again or 
at least here it's it's not great but at least i have something you know yeah i guess i'm really like used being in to an abusive relationship it's not great <laughs> but, I meant, but at least I, I have somebody yeah yeah no i totally i totally hear you yeah it's not easy decision to make for people who haven't done this before i guess it's not as difficult for me because i've done that a couple times I've moved from China to be in the U.S. across the ocean yeah. when I was 16. I moved from that to go to college in Wisconsin-Madison. I never even visited a campus before. Graduated, moved to Chicago, started working there. Like moving around certain life, again, is never really like a hard thing for me. You know, I'm willing to talk to people and rebuild networks. It's not a big deal. And I am actually kind of got really good doing that. So it was not a hard decision for me. But I can see that for some people, maybe they kind of grew up in one place, live the life in one place, that seems like a very, very scary, like, unknown, like, oh my God, how do I move to a different city and start my life? Like, how do I do that? It can seem very scary if people haven't done that before. But that's like more like a fear of unknown. You know, a lot of people who walk away, I, you know, I've heard this from some people and I've experienced it and I've noticed it in others. It's like this feeling of like that they're a quitter or that they weren't good enough or that they feel shamed. Um, is that something that you experienced? No, like I, like I didn't leave because I couldn't build a business, right? Like yeah. I didn't leave because it's not like oh the business get too hard or like I'm too weak to build a business. I left based on a very reasonable. I left based on very logical decisions. After I fully evaluated the facts, and fully understand who I am and what I value, is extremely logical, and thought through decision that I made. It's not like, oh, I'm too weak to leave. I mean, I'm too weak and I couldn't build a business, so I left. That's definitely not a reason. Like, I could stay and build a massive business, but no, that's not the route I want to choose. I got you. So for me, it's like a very logical decision to leave, actually. So what advice do you give to people who are still... <laughs> I don't I don't give the advice. No? I just... Like, well, I guess my thinking, my thoughts are people should be always think critically for themselves. Here's the thing. You should never give your free thinking away to somebody else. Not because, you know, because you feel really emotionally attached, because you really respect them, because you really like them, because you really, you know, admire them, or they really respect you. None of those are good enough reason for you to give away free thinking and critical thinking. When that happens, that's when you are getting to a very dangerous zone, dangerous zone because you can't think for yourself anymore. And no matter who it is, people will always have a their own selfish agenda. When people give advice to anybody, when anybody is giving advice to you, usually there's always a self-motivated agenda there. So you're going to be able to think for yourself first. That's the most important thing. You're going to be able to think for yourself. Like what's the right thing for you? And what's the best thing for you? And what brings you happiness? Again, these, you should not be looking for the answer for somebody else doesn't matter how authoritative they seem, how passionately they speak, how many people are like, you know, adoring this person, or how many people like are surrounding this person and want to take a picture of this person. None of those are good enough reason for you to give away critical thinking and let somebody else think for you and make decisions for you. You have to make decisions for yourself and think for yourself. I think that's a very critical path for me to become happy and to live very independently and understanding what I need and what is good for me. The moment you give that up and hand it to somebody else, 
that's the beginning of I think a very stressful and very problematic lifestyle because now if you don't think for yourself nobody will think really 100% for you they can't it's not about like they have bad intentions either it's they just can't do it for you it's not possible they don't know everything about you to how you make decisions for yourself you have to do it for yourself that's the biggest thing I want to say to anybody really anybody ask me that's the only thing I'll tell, the only thing I would tell them is always think critically for yourself I was just reading in a book a really good book um, called The Infinite Game by Simon Sinek and he talks about how people really want to belong it's like why we have sports teams why we go to concerts we want to be a part of something we want to belong and I think a lot of people including myself get in that space where just I felt stuck because I want to belong to this community I want to be a part of this community and the thought of walking away is so scary, even if it feels like it's the right thing to do. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, yeah. we're social, I mean, humans, we're people, we're social beings. You know, we long to belong somewhere. We long to be part of a community. I mean, those are all totally make sense. You know, we want to be loved, we want to be cared for, and want to give, right, yeah. to other people. Which, again, is like why we were attracted to now marketing business in the first place. Because we saw a community that like, seems like they're very loving, they're very caring, and we can use as a platform to bring in people and help, it, help them and care for them, right? Yeah. So, yeah, that totally makes sense. There's nothing wrong to have that. But you need to understand what you're giving up to get this. Yes. You know, you can still have all of that and have a very reasonable community. You can create that without, like, basically giving up, like, critical thinking. Or giving up living the life that you want to get this. Yes. I think p- some people, yeah, I mean, they, especially when they don't have the support from like the family or from like their friends when they're growing up, they probably like are very desperate for that kind of community or kind of support. Yeah, for them, then, yeah, some people might do anything, everything yeah. just to get that. They're willing to pretend and fake it just because they want it. And, but then the danger that is they need to realize if you're depending on that to feed you to find happiness then I don't think that's going to be leads to truly happiness oh. because you're depending on something else outside to bring you happiness it's not from inward yeah it's, a, it's an exchange it's like okay you want you want your happiness fine you want to feel like that sense of belonging you want access to my community fine well then you better create your volume and you better do some work otherwise you can't be here that's the mentality And that's where people can be controlled. I have what you want. You better do what I want if you want it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's where I was stuck. I wanted that community because it was what gave me my safety, those friendships, the belonging, the feeling superior because I got to say I was an entrepreneur. <laughs> right? You know, uh, uh. the skills, the opportunity to speak in front of people, being a big pin, I got to feel like I was a big deal. But in order to do that, I had to, you know, attend the events and I had to spend money on the different tools and go to the conferences. And I had to pretend that this is what I wanted to do when for the last few years I really didn't. So Mm -hmm. it's I think people get stuck. And even though they they may agree with you, although they may not may not be for the international student, you know, issue, like you said, there's other things that they might see that they don't agree with or that their passion isn't for it. But they're too afraid to step away. Yeah, it's not easy. It's not easy to give up something that, you know, you really, really desire, right? Yeah. Um, 
That's why I suggest that you know people need to understand how to look for their own happiness inside. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter what it is, either community or money or power or the sense of like feeling like a celebrity that people like you know you get all the attention like all the people on social media right they're so drawn to like how many likes they get how many followers they get it's the same thing is that you are basically putting the most important thing you are basically depending that on something that's like coming from the outside that's temporary and that's not really deep rooted into like what you really value and who you are mm-hmm. I think finding the happiness and really putting that anchoring on something that's internal you know, that you don't have to, like, seek it outside. That's, like, a long journey to discover that. I think finding that, I think that has more value than anything else. Because you realize, like, all the other things, just, like, you know, a temporary things, a facade, is never really about truly happiness. You know, maybe being with, like, your loved ones and just caring for them or, like, you know, for me, it's, like, you know, spend a lot of time to just basically immerse myself in different culture around different people and spend a lot of time with family you know for me that's like so much happiness there like me spending my time with my grandparents in the Netherlands for the almost like you know half the summer that was like just pure happiness like I, I realized you know in that summer when I was traveling Europe I realized that you know I didn't spend that much time with my grandparents for the past 10 years because again I was so busy you know in the name of building my business I neglected a lot of uh, in those family time that I cannot get back. But I'm so grateful and I feel very fortunate that it was not too late for me to make the decision. You know, I spent two summers basically with my grandparents. You know, I one summer and one like, you know, I think spring. You know, when visiting them again in China and spent like another week and a half with them. Like, you know, taking a walk with my grandpa who has uh, Alzheimer and just like, you know, seeing him and actually being around him for you know X amount of days that was like those stuff You there's nothing even come close yeah. to the happiness it brings me but it took me a long time to discover like what's truly important and that kind of stuff that cannot be delayed so people need to find out that for themselves what is those things is for them is truly important and bring an enormous amount of happiness and usually they have got nothing to do with anything else. It's the very basic, simple things. Yeah. I can say in my few months since I've taken a step away from network marketing, I have never been happier. I've never loved myself more, loved my life. I'm prouder than myself, doing more things than I enjoy. I'm truly living my dream life. And it's just, and I was so afraid to walk away. I was so afraid to accept <laughs> the fact that I was stuck because I wanted the sense of belonging that when I finally did it and stepped away, I'm just, I've never been happier and I have created this amazing life. So my words is anybody who's afraid of that, who's stuck like I was, is happiness is right around the corner. Don't let somebody hold it hostage for you, you know, and that's, that's what I was doing because I always built my business from a position of weakness where I was unhappy and I wanted the business to make me happy. But then they said, well, no, you don't get to be happy until you go make a lot of money. And I never did because I was lazy. <laughs> so I was stuck. And uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Dude, self, self-reflection is one of the most amazing thing. Yeah. Like that time that you take for yourself just to think and reflect. Definitely meditation. Yeah. All those things helps to really like understand yourself more. Yeah. And I, yeah, I think that's, uh, 
a very important key that I found for myself to, you know, live a life that brings a lot of happiness and fulfillment. Yeah. Yeah. In 2017, I got cancer and I could have died for a minute. I could have had chemo or whatever. And yeah, I remember that. I just remember when that happened, when the doctor called me to tell me I was just in shock. Yeah. On your boss, right? Um, what? <laughs> I'm just like I'm just oh, yes. with you. Testic- <laughs> testicular cancer yes just um, teasing you bro <laughs> <laughs> yes real men only have one ball for <laughs> um, one real one at least um, and uh, I just remember thinking I, if I were to die today I would not die happy because I have not built a life that I love and I don't love myself or any of that at that moment and I've just made this shift and I just slowly kept putting business back further and further on my party list because it wasn't making me happy and I said self-care and loving myself has to be my highest priority and I realized in that environment that's not what they're about and doing what I'm doing which is making my happiness number one means that I'm just you know I was pushed to the side I was just like some guy who was still there that everybody liked but wasn't doing anything so nobody really talked to and it was just it got weirder and weirder because nobody knew what I was doing and then I just said, I don't care. I'm going to keep living my life. Although I was too afraid to walk away. I moved to Denver, got my dream remote job. And now I'm living a nomad life, traveling the world, running a podcast, building a school in Guatemala, uh, doing all the things that I love to do. Dude, I'm really, uh, really excited for your um, nonprofit or to build a school in Guatemala. I think that's very amazing. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I actually always thought about, this is actually one of dream of mine about too is to actually build a school in China to start with and build a school in other places. Well, the charity and that I do it through, Build On, they yeah. only do it in the poorest countries. Yeah, so I know. The, only, the only one in Asia that they work with is Nepal. I'm really happy you're doing that, man. I think you Thank are, you. You're making a it's interesting. difference you know, None of our former mentors get, have given me any money. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like there's this mentality that they... I, I don't know if they would <laughs> because it's not money towards what they're creating. <laughs> And it's very sad because it's a noble cause. Um, Dude, look at the stars, man. It's looking amazing. Look Unbelievable. The, the moon is like quarter crescent, I was saying earlier, and yet it's like a full moon because it's so bright. I can't, well, I, I bet a full moon here, we're gonna be, it's going to be like daytime. <laughs> yeah. Dude, like with no pollution, with no lights. Yeah. This is like, such amazing isn't sky. it amazing so I, living life without feeling like you have to ask permission I, I remember so often thinking <laughs> I had to ask permission to move to Denver or when I went to the Amazon to do ayahuasca retreats I felt like I was going against because I didn't ask permission I just did it oh, like, yeah. I know oh, so many people or imagine now. going to Hawaii before you're diamond <laughs> yeah or even now I know so many people in the business team who have to feel it seems like they feel they have to take they have to ask permission to take go on a trip or I don't know it's just it seems so weird. It just I yeah. love that I can just live a life that I love and I'm so happy on this other side and I felt oh my gosh, I'm so irresponsible now and I'm a I'm a quitter and then I just stepped back and said if something is not vibing with me, stepping away from it mm-hmm. is like the right thing to do. Yeah. Like being in a relationship and I'm holding on to it yeah. just because I don't want to be alone. That was what it was like for yeah. me. I was holding on to a relationship yeah. that was already over that they didn't care for me anymore. <laughs> like I think uh I mean, trusting your gut feeling and do what, what feels right in your gut is a very, it's pretty much a very true statement. Yeah. And from the book that we both read, right, uh, Blink, yeah. by Malcolm Gladwell, is basically what he's saying is that, you know, what you consider as like a gut feeling, 
is not like some random thing that you felt. It's actually by, you know, your subconscious running through enormous amount of your past experience and data that you collected, but you're not really processed through your conscious mind to basically give you the signal to let you know that, like, this is probably the right decision to make based on a, a ton of data, not just some random decision. Yeah. So the gut feeling is actually not like a random thing that you felt. It's actually a quite, in a lot of scenarios, it's actually quite logical decision to make because just because our conscious mind don't understand, subconsciously, it actually process through a lot of experience and experience, I mean, uh, data and experience to come to that conclusion. Yeah. So trusting your gut and do what you feel really right, a lot of times turn out to be the right decision. Yeah. So... For me, the final straw really was when I saw you lock away, because obviously we've been good friends and I've admi- respected you for a long 14 time. 14 years, bro. Yeah. 14 years in county. <laughs> and um, obviously I was sad to see you go and I didn't understand why, because we didn't chat about it. Um, and the, But what I did see is how it was handled. And just like with Elliot and with everybody else, you know, for you, obviously, it's not about the work. I know you've been working your guts out, so as I know there's something else there. Um, so that normal, oh, he just left because he's, you know, with a lot of people, oh, they're just too lazy, you know, you know, so they gave up their quitter. But it's like, like don't think that's for you. I've seen. <laughs> I don't how think that applies to me. <laughs> yeah. So that's that that equi- that typical mentality doesn't fit there, and it wasn't like something mental because it's like he's doing <laughs> he's in the right space here. Um, he went mental and left. <laughs> So, just I think that because they knew that they couldn't question your credibility, they just nobody talked about it, and they didn't know how to do, so they just didn't do anything. Um, and I remember if anybody ever brought up your name, it would be weird. Like some people would still say, like men, like sponsored by Hugh Zhang or something, or part of the Zhang team, and like nobody would. Cr- they didn't know what to do. They're just you know like it's like a cringing across the room. I'm sure. <laughs> like uh, I even remember one of my business partners was trying to get a hotel room for a conference and he called up one of our business mentors to ask about it um and he was talking about how he wants to learn to be a you know to be a scrum master like you know you're training people to do it right and he mentioned to this person that that he's working with you yeah and oh yeah yeah, right yeah the mentor the business mentor just couldn't believe it like hearing your name was like what (laughs) like that's like like the thought of working with you is like that he's out of the system why would you work with him isn't that like interesting like you know like oh we are creating this, like this business more than just a business it's like a family it's a community that we support each other but as soon as you leave you're not in the family we you're don't support done you. we don't know yeah. you anymore you know and then <laughs> we last year we had a leadership out in california and i was already like kind of on the outs i was you know, everyone's supposed to be very clean shaven, and I was purposely growing out a really big beard because <laughs> I was just like, I don't want to follow these rules. Uh, and I think that's the moment after that. After that last year, like a big beard, like Samir kind of beard. Maybe not that big. <laughs> that's a big one. Um, but I had a pretty sizable, like unshaven beard, and they saw it. And because um, I was in New York, there in the Midwest, so they didn't, uh, they didn't see it in person. And it was funny. Before that, I was speaking at events. Yeah. After that. They never had me speak at another event. It was almost because of your beer. I I mean I don't know, but it was oh. after that somebody said to somebody, "Hey, we can't have Paul speaking anymore," <laughs> because they never had me speak at anything anymore. Just suddenly I was off the schedule somehow. Mm. Um, anyway, I because you no longer like talk about the same narrative. Because obviously they knew I was no longer where they wanted me to be. Yeah. In their mind, you're a free I, radical. Yeah, 
And I, you're like every this, time uh, I spoke, this random guy. Even, every time I spoke, even though I maybe I couldn't add a lot of value in terms of how to build the business, I added so much value in terms of how to live life better. I remember the week before I had my surgery to, for my cancer, mm-hmm. I still drove into New York City to give my speech to, at, at a business event. And I was in such pain yeah. that I had to sit down because it was really painful. And I still freaking did it. And I added so much value. And then the next time I spoke, I talked about it. And I was in none of this time was I really doing much for my business. And I, I mean, anybody in the New York City business team, even though I know they're not really uh, supposed to talk to me anymore, if they saw me, all they would feel is love because I just gave so much. Even though those last few years I did almost nothing in business, every time I spoke, I would give so much value. I would talk about like how I started running a mile every day for a year and ran my first marathon. Like I was taking care of my health. Everybody loved it. They're getting so much value. But then, of course, I'm not really building my business. So nobody really knew what to do with me or how to handle me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, whatever. I'm in New York. Nobody really cares. Mm-hmm. And when what down with you really bothered me. And I told a lot of people this really bothers me, to, you know, because on that last day of that uh, California trip, I said, I'm going to go visit Hugh. And I said it to yeah, yeah, our right. business mentors. And they were so surprised that I was going to go see you. And I'm like, he lives a few minutes away. <laughs> like Why 15 would I? minutes away from the beach. I, was, Laguna, I yeah. was surprised if they wouldn't go see you. Because <laughs> if I were them, if you, if someone like you were to leave, such a pillar in the organization that, you know, your business team, you know, and the whole organization, the, you know, in terms of sales, you could have half of it, you know, a good percentage, 30, 40% at least. I'd want to know, I would be fighting to keep you. I would be there saying, Hugh, what can I do differently? Like that call when they said, okay, Paul, Hugh, if you want to walk away, go ahead. I would have been like, Hugh, what can we do differently? How can I fix this? Because I want you to stay, you know, and if it couldn't get you to stay, okay, I want to learn everything about why you're leaving. So I don't mm-hmm. have to do this again. But I realized they learned nothing. They didn't care. They didn't fight to keep you. Nobody cared. And it really bothered me. And I kept saying, I have to talk to them. And then I realized I get, I kept getting so nervous about bringing it up. And then I realized there's no point in bringing it up. They're yeah. just going to handle me. They're going to use some nice people skills and, nothing's going to change yeah. nothing's going to be done mm-hmm. and then i realized if this is how they're going to treat hugh a guy who's actually doing the work unlike me then when i if i were to leave nobody would care and that's exactly it i left nobody really cared and i was really just handled the only reason that i got any reach out was because i didn't leave the whatsapp groups um for some of the inner circle and i was indirectly asked um by someone to to leave because i haven't done the, been doing the work it doesn't matter that I, you know, launched our network marketing company in an, in the Caribbean, you know, helped hundreds and hundreds of people, changed their life, did something that no no one else did what I did, and I just did it all from pure heart for wanting to help people. Um, but to them, it was inconvenience because going to going to the Caribbean, you know, did that having a business there doesn't make them much money. It just sounds cool, and uh, I realized that it doesn't matter how great I am, how much of a good person I am if, if I'm not performing then why am I here and I'm just I'm a loose cannon and so they indirectly asked me to leave and then I didn't so a couple of weeks later <laughs> I got a hot call I got a reach out from a, a higher business mentor who said hey are you going to start building a business otherwise leave the group and um, I just didn't want to deal with it I didn't want to be handled so I said okay and I just left all the groups and I even called back because I was like okay and you know and this person said hey you know I'd love to hang out with you sometime and you know, there was no callback. They've never reached out to me since. They don't, I'm sure I haven't even crossed their mind. And it's just, it's very sad because I thought we were a family and I thought they cared for me. And I realized it's all words. 
I, I it's I'm worth as much as I've do, they I've done for them, and it's and not overall. It's not what have I done for them in ten years. It's what mm-hmm. have I done for them lately. If I'm not somebody that they can promote to their newest person mm-hmm. about hey duplicate exactly what this person's doing now, then I have no value to them. Yeah, it's nothing. Hey, you know Paul, you know he's focused on other things now, and in his heyday he was really crushing this business, and he's got some real words mm-hmm. of wisdom. Like you could still learn from him. Nope. Like that's what bothered me is. I have so much value. Like I know so much about life that I have learned that mm-hmm. a lot of them have not experienced because they have not made the time to experience those things. Mm-hmm. And I could add so much value and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that I can teach people how, you know, how to build discipline in their life for those who don't have discipline or how to get in shape for those who are in bad shape or mm-hmm. how to work on your mental health and stop doubting yourself. Like mm-hmm. so many things that I've worked through going to, Peru twice by myself to the Amazon jungle and doing ayahuasca retreats and learn, running a mile every day for a year, running two marathons, moving out of my parents' house, getting my dream job, mm-hmm. learning, you know, getting out the debt. Like so many things I could teach people about. Mm-hmm. But it's like, we don't care if you could teach people how to cure cancer, how to save the world, how to build a school in Guatemala. If it doesn't, if it's not showing people, here's how to make business your number one priority then we can't promote you. And that's just very sad. And that showed me that they don't really care for me. And so I was very nervous to, to talk about these things on this podcast with you. And obviously mm-hmm. we, we recorded this before and I was too emotional about it. And so <laughs> we had to do it again. Yeah. And now I've just come to a place to realize that it is what it is. Mm-hmm. And, you know. I understand you feeling emotional about this, Paul, because if I go back a year ago, I would be pretty emotional actually. Um, because it is an emotional process. I mean, there's no way around this because we're leaving something that we put our heart into for over a decade. Yeah. If you're right now adding all logical, like how I sum sometimes right now, I'll be really like weird out. But like, why are you so logical? You just left this thing that you built yeah. for fucking 13 years that yeah. you pour so much heart into. That you like, I mean, especially, I mean, when I think about that, I just think about Jamaica. Yeah. And the people that you serve flying down, handing out hundreds yeah. of books. You know, on your own dime. Like yeah. I, I doubt you make any money there. You really just kind of give up money there. No. Um, no, I, I totally I understand you. Money. I totally understand you being emotional, Paul, because it's no way not being emotional because you have given a lot, you know, to the business and to the people. And like, even though maybe some people don't get that, but I think a lot of people understand who know you, understand how much you have given to them as a person. Yeah. You know, business aside, let's not just talk about business. Just like as a person, how much you supported people. I mean, that's always been who you are. Like, you are the person that I know that I can count on to just love and help people, no matter who that person is, whether that person is in your business or not, or has any really like, effect on your business. I can always count on you to be like, hey, yeah. anything I can help. Hey, anything that I can do for you. And the issue like is I can always go to you for that because I know that's like your heart is very pure in that sense, and that is kind of issue as I think the business start pivoting to like oh let's only bringing people that's all figured out quote unquote in life. Yeah, they got qualified. good. Jo- they, are, they got good jobs, good income. Likely already have a family and kids. No, like no guessing game. They are like, you know, top of the food chain. Let's bring those people. So, like, okay, your story of, like, you know, coming from, like, a lot of uh, broken places, like, learning how to put yourself together, like, oh, that's no really use for that. Yeah, we don't care. I can see how that, like, plays out. 
but no, I, I get it. I totally get it. And I can s- understand why you're emotional about this. And you are, it's okay to let it out, you know? I mean, it's um, I am. a lot of years that you sow into people. I just wanted to be led by people who cared as much as I do and who didn't say that they cared. And then it turns out they really don't. And it's just, har- it's a hard reality to realize wow, I've just, I care for these people so much and they just don't care for me. And it's, uh, it's all fake because none of them have called me. All these people that I think that I still consider my friends and realize that none of them have called me. None of them have reached out. None of them said, how are you doing? Hey, are you okay? Hey, what's been going on with you? And uh, it's just very sad and very disappointing. And it's just, just it's a reality check to just say, hey, you know, I get it. It's a, there's a lot of fakeness going on and and it is what it is, and it's I know who my real friends are. Yeah. So yeah, I think a lot of them just like oh, they also don't know how to, kind of like how we were when Elliot left the business. We don't really know how to deal with it as well too. Yeah. You know, I mean, because again, it's not like individuals that chose to be this way. I think a lot of it is just like it's pretty deep in the in the root, yeah. is in the culture that's exactly. been there for many you. many years. I don't years. blame any one person. Yeah. It's, it's a cultural thing, and people mm-hmm. step into that culture. It's hard to shift a culture. And so it's either accept how the culture is or get out. And some people are so far in that they just have to accept it. And like you said, they compromise their morals because they want the money. They want the, the significance. They want the financial independence. And they want to be a celebrity. Yeah, they get to be an underground celebrity. They definitely get that. <laughs> and then they're willing to sweep stuff under the rug. And... Uh, hope that nobody does what we're doing right now so that's that's my last question for you because i feel like we're wrapping things up yeah we should um, go to bed so <laughs> after we look at the start a little bit more how do you think this is going to be handled when we put this out what's your prediction uh i don't really have any real prediction i think people are gonna you know act the way that whatever helped them the most i think I mean, I can see them like not do anything really. Um, yeah. Because like there's two people that really left the business, you know, whatever they yeah. say doesn't really matter. That's kind of usually how it would go, I think. But then I think for some people, I, I think what, what, I, what I really care about, Paul, and this is really the, the biggest reason that I actually want to record something like this, is that I'm not okay with keeping the secret of how international students are okay to build a business. Yeah. That's just not right is not the fact it's not true the only thing i really care about that i want to get out for the podcast is just that if you're an international student understand that from legally perspective you are in a very risky position like the only thing you should really listen to is the immigration lawyer nobody have nobody are in the position to tell you like oh you know it's a gray area or you, can, you can do this and not do this the only person that can is qualified to actually make any comment on this one is immigration lawyers. That's why, like, after I collected from three separate scenarios now, from three separate immigration lawyers in three separate cases, uh, all very straight-out answers. Like, no, this is not okay for an international student to engage in. Like, that's, for me, that's really, really the real, the biggest reason to put this out, number one. The second thing is if I, like, want to say anything to anybody who like ask me for any advice it's just like think for yourself really yeah. just think for yourself that's it just don't give your critical thinking away that's the most important thing no matter how much you want to give that away sometimes because it's our human nature I think that to look for that authoritative figure 
to tell you how to live, especially when you're young, right? You want to be led. I think like I was listening to a lot of uh, Jordan Peterson. Uh, he's a professor, I think, University of California. I mean, sorry, University of Canada, uh, University of uh, Toronto, I think. And he talks about a lot about like people had this like tendency to look for a authoritative figure to tell them to give them answers. It's like a human tendency there. But then, that's just not a way to really get to answer for yourself. You have to find answer for yourself. And I think besides the other one, this is the really only thing that I'll tell anybody. You know, it's just like you got to learn to think for yourself because you are the only person that would be able to know yourself the most and understand what brings you happiness. And that's really the only thing that really matters, whether you build a marketing business or any other business or have a YouTube channel or like, you know, dabble anything you want to do. Like the real question is like, is that getting you closer to truly happy? And that's the only like, for me, there's only the variables that I care about the most. Yeah. You know, what do I do with my time with family or traveling or working or, you know, taking on photography, doing yoga? Like, everything I do now is basically, basically surrounding about those. It's like, is that maximizing my ability to feel happiness and feel alive? And in the process, maybe help some people. You know, maybe add some value here and there. Like, I don't have to be helping like 10,000 people at a conference. That's not a goal, actually. You know, I just need to be the best version of me and find happiness for myself. If I can help one person, I felt very grateful. I felt mm-hmm. very lucky and privileged if I can help one person. It'll That's come enough. from a place of genuineness. And being real, yes. Yeah. Being genuine is a very key thing for me now. It's being as real as I can. What's that harmony quote you keep saying to me? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's actually one of the things, actually, that we didn't mention. I heard this uh, saying, oh, you know what? It's actually from uh, Jordan Peterson. He said, um, genuine conflict brings a lot more, brings a lot of social value and interpersonal value than fake harmony. And that's like a big thing I saw, you know, when we're back in business, it's like everything surrounding around creating this like fake harmony. You know, it's like, it doesn't matter like what you think, but if it's not contributing to this like centralized narrative that we have in our business, don't say it. You know, or don't talk about privately. Yeah, right? can't talk about how much money you were making. You you actually made. Oh, can't talk about the person who who left. You know, if you, you show know. any events, you have to put on a happy face. You can't have talk to talk negative about your upline. You have you to know? be you have They're, to be happy all the time. You have to be always positive. Yeah, build you know, up you, your mentor. You have to be always be like this positive energy. Like, how dare you come into our event and be negative? Yeah, you know, the fake harmony is actually very dangerous. Yeah, genuine conflicts. Actually, I I actually agree with that for sure. That I. If I have a conflict with you, Paul, I'll bring it out to your face. And I'll tell you. i have a conversation with you. I wouldn't pretend that it doesn't exist. And create a fake harmony around it. Because it's just not genuine. It doesn't really solve any problems. Yeah. So, yeah, but I think for people who, you know, who see something that's, like, really off, that's just really funny, you know? Call it out. Call it out, yeah. I mean, yeah, there's, like, one thing I think you and I both, if we look back, one thing that we could have done, we could have done that we didn't do was back in the days when we see all those weird stuff that went down, we should just call it out. Yeah. You know, we also bought into this, like, oh, yeah, let's value fake harmony. Let's value unity. Yeah. You know, in the name or of these unity. People, these people know better, so I'll just trust what Yeah, or let's trust these authoritative figures, and let's just, you know, focus only on unity. All the weird stuff that we saw, all the funny things we see went down, let's not bring it up. Yeah. Let's maintain unity, and let's not create any conflicts. 
Yeah. And that's like one of the five, the biggest mistake that we made. And one of the biggest thing that I would change if I can go back is call out all the things I see that's just so weird and it's like just so out of place. You know, if something happens right now, I'll call it out right away. If it's not okay, I'll say something about it. And that's it. I feel like I said what I needed to say. Ugh. All right, peace out. Ciao.